Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. It's Around the House. Hey guys, Eric G from Around the House Show. This is a best of episode. I'm taking a little time off. I don't do that enough and I need to get a little bit of a break. So we're talking with Nick Schiffer of NS Builders. This aired last year, but it's over the holidays where people missed it. So I wanted to make sure that we got this back out there because it's an important episode about high quality construction and even some power tools. We talk about Festool and some other brands out there as well as his Modern Craftsman podcast. So check it out right here, Nick Schiffer of NS Builders. For more information about us, head to aroundthehouseonline.com and uh, you can make sure and catch this and the TV show over there as well. When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know. The we've got you coming. This is Around the House. Welcome to the Around the House show. This is where we talk everything about your house every single week. Thanks for joining us. We've got a special guest in the studio today, Nick Schiffer. Welcome to Around the House, man. What's up, man? Glad to be here. Appreciate Happy it. Happy to have you. I have seen you on the different NHB stages and everything else. You and I like kind of cross paths between friends and stuff, but never have really spent time together. Yeah, I... I, I as I dug into like who you are and how, like what you do in the industry, I'm like, how have we not met? Right. It's, 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 it's interesting, especially, I feel like it's so, even when you go to the, the like IBS and things like that, I feel like I see the same people and right? it's, and it's people that even live in Boston that I never see in Boston, but then I'll go to the, a million square foot trade show and I'll bump into them six times. It's, how does that work? Right. Yeah, I don't know. So. Yeah, we have a lot of common friends, and it's hilarious. Well, man, you have been doing so much good stuff out there with NS Builders, and I mean, you're just legendary in the Boston scene across the U.S. as well. But let's talk about you and your chops a little bit, because uh, sure, you do a lot of the stuff that I love. I, my, my background, kitchen designer for 30 years, so I did a lot of the interior modeling stuff, a lot of the kind of stuff that you've done on the on the on the remodeling side as well. That luxury home, yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, you know especially when we started growing as a business and outside of just being a carpenter or a carpentry business, that's where I, I really kind of sat my, my role into kind of helping design. I'm not a designer. I'm not an architect. I don't, I don't have any licensing or training in it, but that's where I started really pushing the, the, the level of detail and how we executed particular things. Um, and that's where, you know, a, a lot of my mind just kind of got encapsulated by how do we do this better? How do we, how do we make this detail better or cooler. Uh, and, and most of the time that works out for me, there's been a handful of times where I make something quote unquote cooler and it becomes wildly expensive and a, a nightmare to maintain. And my guys hate me for it. But the, you know, the point is, is I, I like to challenge the, the normal way of uh, doing something and constantly question like, how do we do this better? What can we do to make this better? Well, and, and you come from a part of the country where, where the craft is big, you know, yeah. I mean, 
I've worked all over the country with, with different people like you have, you know, mm-hmm. and there's just something about the old world craftsmanship of the Northeast. And you know, it's cool. It is. And I've, I guess part of me is a little bit naive to that where I just think it's normal. And then when I do travel to different parts of the country, people are like, yeah, you're so lucky, man. Like craftsmanship is like still a thing up there. Like, what do you mean? Like I'm walking a project here in California and this is pretty awesome. I'm like, yeah, man, but it's, it's just different. It's, you know, it's not put together the same way with the same type of people. They're just not, there's not that many of them, you know, in different parts of the country. And, you know, and I think about that when we talk about on the, the, the modern craftsman, it's, you know, yeah. we, we, we caught, oftentimes talk about the Northeast and like our market. And even when we talk about money, it's, it's really difficult to understand that, you know, a lot of what we talk about doesn't relate to the majority of the population. It's tough. Yeah. And, and, and I, and I feel like we, we, we try to do a good job about, you know, calling that out and, and being true to the fact that we don't know, you know, the entire market across the U S but yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I, I do feel fortunate that we are in the Northeast and there's a lot of people that love craftsmanship and I'm hoping that, you know, what we're doing with creating awareness on social and podcasts and things like that, that we're, you know, encouraging people to get into it. Um, because it, you know, I have a lot of thoughts on this, but it's not a, it's, it's not, an easy career to be in. Um, and it's not something that is, you know, there, there's this kind of, I don't know if we want to go down this path, but you know, there's this kind of over glorification of, Hey, you can be super wealthy in the trades. And I don't think that that's false, but I do think that there's too much focus on it in the sense that, you know, this isn't a career that you get into because you want to be uber wealthy. This is a career that you get into because you, are passionate about it and can you make a good living on it? Of course. Can you support your family? Of course. But it's hard work. No matter There's what. There's way what, too much struggle here to be a get rich quick scheme. That's yeah, for sure. And it's very hard work. It's very labor intensive. And there, there has to be that balance between, yes, I know I can be successful. I know I can make a good living and support my family. But at the expense of the fact that I truly love working with my hands and working with my body and, and, and doing laborious work. And I think that, you know, that just need, there needs to be a bigger conversation around that because I think a lot of, you know, some people get into, you know, particular trades or, or careers because they think it's the fastest way to wealth. And, you know, that it just, it's not, that's not entirely true, especially in, in, in construction related fields. Well, if you think about it, that's where that craft of craftsmanship comes in, right? It's right. a craft and mm-hmm. you have, you're always learning that craft. You walk on and do something different. You're learning. I'm learning. There's always a learning process to this. You're never done learning in this craft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, and that's one of the best parts. And that's what I love about it is, you know, everything we do, you know, like I said, I challenge it. And, you know, we have material millwork now where, you know, I get to dig into the details with Ken and Ian and James in the shop and, and talk about, you know, how we make something cooler, you know, like how do we, we're building this pantry right now. It's a big slat wall and there's a pot, there was a pocket door detailed on it. I'm like, man, it would be really cool if when that door shut, it flushed out with the face of it. So when you step back, it didn't look like there was a door there. Nice. And sure enough, we sourced the hardware, tested it. It works. It looks dope. 
And it's, you know, and was it necessary? No, but it, it, we accomplished accomplish something different that now when that end user experiences it, and I think that's a, a key word is like the experience, they have a different experience. Yeah. And I, I want to go back and make sure that I'm not ripping on here all the crass people that we sure. have across the U.S. that I'm just saying, oh, you're in Southern California. You're not that. I want to make sure and not leave that hanging for all you guys out there. But there's just seems to be a, you know, in, in your area up there, just more of an appreciation of that. And there are some great people all across the country. Oh, 100%. But, I just densely populated up here. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's, it's very spread out there. And, you know, I don't know. I, I it's, it's something I struggle with, you know, just at, at trying to position myself as someone that wants to help the industry as a whole and be, you know, incredibly aware of all these markets and, and what type of people are in these trades. And yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I'm not ripping on any part of the country or any any market or anyone that's in different parts that truly does love the craft. It's just that it's, you know, at least it's something that's communicated pretty often that the Northeast is densely packed with people that appreciate craft on both sides more than other areas. You know, it's funny. And I learned this a few years ago. I was up in Boston speaking for the NR NRLA up there for the Northeastern Retail mm -hmm. Lumber Association up there. I was talking home tech to a bunch of lumber yards that weren't ready to talk home tech yet because mm. they're very old school. Yeah. And I appreciate that, but they weren't ready to consume that yet. So I've seen the other side of that too, where sometimes technology gets to be a little slower because that old world craftsmanship's the way to go. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, man. You know, I think, we, you know, it's when you talk about tech, right? And, and I think about software and, and how things are developing so quickly. There's all of the, I mean, there's an enormous amount of people in the the tech space for construction right now. And there's, everyone is, is coming out with a new, new idea to do something faster. And I see a lot of it, but a lot of them reach out to me. I have a friend of mine who's really in that space that constantly is getting my feedback on things. And I saw a product yesterday where it's, you know, designed to help, you know, commercial construction wall layout on big, you know, concrete slabs. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, love the idea. Watch the video. And it was like, first you do this and then this, and then you do that. And then you, and then all of a sudden it's like step 13. I'm like, dude, lost this me. is, yeah, you lost me. Like this, this, this is just a different way of doing it. Like you were trying to change the way we do something rather than make it more efficient. Yeah, that, if you're going to cut the steps by half, awesome. But if I sure. got to go learn days of process to do the same thing. And that's, and I think that's just like that with craftsmanship and the idea behind craftsmanship over, you know, efficiency. I think there needs to be a balance there where, you know, craftsmanship is very expensive. And yeah. if you can't, you know, labor is more expensive material is more expensive and if you're continually putting in twice or three times as much labor to execute something at a higher level because because you want it to be a higher level of craftsmanship i mean to me that means that okay there's value to that but there's also value to figuring out how you get you can get there faster and i think of like mm -hmm. cnc for example and a you know conversation i've had with Ken, who's my partner at Material Millwork, is that, you know, he was a little bit against CNC in the beginning. 
Sure. And, you know, he's like, I like, I just like cutting plywood on the table saw, like working with my hands and stuff. I'm like, I get that, man. I, like, I totally understand that feeling. But the, the reality is like, you could take out the the monotonous work and put it on a computer controlled, you know, CNC that's cutting all your parts and pieces. Exactly you know, the same. Exactly the same. Make that part of the pro like that process more efficient so you can turn around and then spend more time on the 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 sexy craftsmanship stuff the stuff that does require hand work that that when it is done by hand there's an mm -hmm. actual benefit to the end result not you know i just cut that with a ply like on a table saw instead of a, a cnc i mean there's no yeah. at the end of the day there's no like no one's there i don't want to say that no one's going to notice the difference because that's not the point there, there's really no benefit to it, I guess is what, where I'm going. Yeah. There's no art to that. Really. It's not, it's not something you're going to notice. And I, I went through that CNC transition working at cabinet shops and designing mm. and managing cabinet shops back in the day. Cause that was the fight. Okay. Getting away from that Unisaw over into that mm -hmm. CNC and you could just get better yields and use equipment and be safer with it too. Yeah. Use less material. You're maximizing your nesting parts and pieces. I mean, that's one of the coolest parts of it. I think, you know, there's a, a framer uh, who's got a shop that prefabricates all his walls in a shop and was touring his shop one day. And he's, he orders all his plywood extra, like 10 foot sheets. He orders all his two by fours and 24, 24, uh, 20 foot lengths and things like that. Yeah. And what he does, he, the whole house gets designed in the computer and then it spits out the cut list. So you're maximizing your cuts out of that two by four to the end. When you get to the end of the, the, the job, he had a 55 gallon bucket of scrap. How cool is that? I mean, it's, you know, to do that by hand would take days because you're like all right which yeah. part do i cut now you know where a computer can figure that out for you and there's like you're not ruining the craftsmanship there no. you're all, what you're doing is you're maximizing the use of material which is helping counteract the cost of material you're 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 it's more environmentally um you know friendly because you're using less material and and less is being thrown away and you know and you're allowing the computer to to figure that out. So you're not wasting additional labor hours to, you know, figuring out, all right, what's the best use of this 20 foot two by four and, and end up with, yeah. you know, a four foot piece that, you know, never ends up getting used or you put it aside to use it for, you know, a, uh, a cripple stud that, you know, then you forget that you ha have that four foot piece and then it's just a four foot piece sitting in the corner of your shop. Absolutely. It's that piece you're holding that you never, ever use, right? The right. one that you trip over for two years. So you're oh, going to yeah. keep that for later. You mean like the 24 drawer boxes I've, we've ordered incorrectly that sit in the corner of our shop that Dude, we're going to use? who doesn't have not? I, I, I have those here in my garage. What are you talking I think, about? I think anyone that's ever ordered drawer boxes for cabinetry has the the mistake pile. And we've, yeah. and, and, and it's so funny. Like, oh yeah, we'll use those. It's like, <laughs> no, we won't. Yeah, I have uh, drawer boxes and I have a couple shower door panels here too. Oh yeah, I had a shower door panel and I end up, I did end up reusing that. Yeah, um, I've got a plan for it. I haven't used it yet, but you yeah. know what I mean. It yeah. wasn't even my fault. It was the glass company ordered it wrong, and I'm like, yeah, can't can't cut that down. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, we built same a, kind of thing. We built a kitchenette for our office, and it's like here's a perfect time to use material that we already have. We didn't. Right. We just ordered all new material. 
Yeah. All it's too hard. Gear, yeah. It's like, ugh, forget it. It's so, too hard to go back si- to it. Yeah. It's silly stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Well, I want to talk about power tools with you for a second because, yeah. uh, man, there's some good stuff out there. I know you do a lot with Festool. Yeah. And tell you what, those guys, it's gorgeous stuff, my friend. It is gorgeous stuff. When you say that, it's funny because, like, that's one of the reasons why I like it so much is because it looks good. It's sexy. And it's super sexy, man. And I, and there's so many. So we're re-outfitting our, um, one of our vans uh, for home care. And it's kind of a hodgepodge of different tools. And everything does its job. Like, 100%. Sure. Like, he's got a cart. It goes in. Like, the clients are like, oh, this is super organized. And I, we had a meeting. And I'm like, man, you know, kind of want it to be gray and green. And right. they're like well, that's like, that cart is more money. I'm like, I know. Yeah. But it, you know what? Let's just do it. Like, I, like I don't, after this meeting, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Let's just, because I know it's yep. everything's when that, that cart rolls through that front door and the client's looking at like, Oh, well, that's really neat looking. Everything's the same. Everything's super clean. Oh wow. Everything has its spot. Right. And it's, and it's like, what is that? Oh, it's, you know, it's, it's just they're, they're like, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm with you on that. And I mean, truthfully, you know, I started the same way as I think everyone does. They buy the tracks on. That was like the, that was the tool. That's the crack, right? That's the first hit. It's I, the first hit. I, I, I remember picking it up and my, the guy that sold it to me was like, Hey, just so you know, this is, a, he said that he was like, this is like a drug. I'm like, what are you talking yeah. about? I'm like, I just need a track saw. Like I, I, I see the value. And then I call him like, can I get a sander? <laughs> and then can I get a, another vacuum? He's like, dude, and the next there thing you, you know, it's like, I'm I need just, a domino. I need a yeah. domino. I'm doing a project over here. I need this. I need that. And that right. And I'm, I remember I did a deck and I was like, that domino, I, I need the XL. I'm like, I didn't. I like definitely didn't. But I was like, no. no, but if, I mean, I might as well have it, you know, because I can use it now and probably use it again. And then it yeah. just like, and then it, you know, there's, there's so many benefits to it. Yeah. It's good looking stuff. And it, it what I, it's one, it's sexy, but it's just so finely made. It's got that German mm. engineering and I, it's hard to put a word to it, but it just does. It's just got that. It's meant for a craftsperson to use. Yeah. It's, it, you know what? Um, I know what you're getting at because like, I think about when Sedge like demonstrates something where yep. everything that the tools do, like the indicator plates and like the, mm-hmm. the tabs on the side of the dom, it's very, once you know how to use it, it's super intuitive. And when yeah. Sedge uses it, like he's not even looking at the thing. It's yeah. like he's, he knows what the tool is going to do just by the way he use, moves it around. And that was, you know, and, and that's the part where it's like, these tools are smart. Like there's a lot of thought that went into it because they knew what kind of things that they could add that would make things repeatable. You know, yeah. like the indicator, you know, the side, the, the gauge, or the side gauges on the, the, the domino is a perfect example. And it's like, you know, it just everything there was, there was thought to everything. And even, I mean, um, what was it? The, one of the Sanders has like the smart mode on it and it's just yeah. like, it, yeah, I don't know. I could sit here and. We could sit um, here and just yeah. like drool over tools all day long, but a hundred percent. But I just, I just love how they've they've put it together, and and there's some tool companies that do a great job out there, and I mean, there's a lot of great tools out there, and if you're a homeowner out there, uh, you know, there's so many great brands out there, so I don't want to say totally. bad about it, but for guys that are doing 
you know, for folks that are out there building stuff every day, this is the stuff that if you want to do that really, you know, detailed work, it's meant for that. No, hundred percent. And, and I think you're right. Like there's a lot of tools out there and there is this like misconception that, you know, you need to have particular tools or like a, a, a particular brand. It's not, it, it, it really does come down to preference. And are there benefits to using something like Festool over another tool brand? Yeah, of course. And, you know, there's, there's probably another tool that, you know, another brand might make even better than Festool. And it, what it does come, it, it, it comes down to preference and, and going right back to what we just were talking about, it is the, the intuitive nature of them that make them, you know, desirable to work with where it's like, yeah, I could go buy a, you know, a $40 belt sander and, and do, do the damn thing if I need to. But if I have a a really nice, you know, belt sander or a really nice tool, like I'm going to treat it a little bit differently and it's going to have a little bit more capacity in the sense of like what I can do with it creatively. And, exactly. you know, and, and, and how much control I have over it or, you know, obviously the dust collection is a big thing for them. So, you know, maybe it, maybe, it, maybe I just don't have to worry about dust. And that was, I mean, that was a huge thing, we, especially when I started, it was just me. So, you know, I'm on a job site in, inside a home with a, a chop saw set up and I'm not cleaning up windowsills and furniture at the end of the day. It's, you know, because I have a good dust extractor on it. I'm like, that's a, that that was money. That 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 was valuable to me. You could be putting a kitchen in and cutting inside and not worried about oh you know Mrs. Smith's dining rooms around the corner and I'm gonna have to pay to clean that up. Right. Yeah. So I and mean, that's a huge difference in not having to go outside to cut stuff. Yeah. I mean, you think about like what it you know. I mean, we could get into the semantics of like what it costs to clean, but you know it that that's where. I, I definitely saw a lot of the benefit, especially being a solo guy. Uh, but even now, I mean, it's, you know, yeah, we talk about how cool it looks in the van and for the client, but you know, all, of, all of my guys, you know, I'm not gonna say they demand the tools, but it's like, they ask about it. It's like, Hey, can we get this? Can we get that? You know, sure. why it's like, well, this will make my job easier or, Hey, this drill, I really like this drill. It's small, it's ergonomical. It's, you know, it, it's easy to fit in cabinets. It, you know, it has more clutch control. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If this stuff makes your job easier, like I, I've always said from the beginning, if we need a tool to make your job easier, then we will get it. And, you know, and whether that's immediately or work towards it, you know, we will, we will make the effort to, to get that tool as quickly as possible. It ends up being safer in the long run because they're comfortable mm-hmm. with it. They know how it works and it's reliable. Mm-hmm. 100%. You know, that more control that you have, no matter what you're doing, the better off you are with it. 100%. Would you use that stuff framing? I have, yeah. Yeah. I, I had, uh, I, I say I had, uh, meaning like someone else in my company now yeah. has it in their truck. Uh, but I had the, I think it's HKC, like that, mm-hmm. that cutoff saw. Uh, so I use that framing. Um, I, I definitely use the chop saw framing, especially like interior framing. I mean, not, oh, yeah. so, not so much like if we're framing a whole house. Sure. Um, but when you're, when you're doing remodeling and, you know, or smaller Excellent type projects, point. yeah, a hundred percent to, to frame a whole house with a Capex miter saw, you're it's overkill. It, yeah. It's overkill. And I think that the saw is just not designed for it. That's what I mean. Yeah. It's, it's meant for that. You know, if I'm, if I'm laying out four layers of cram molding in the, in the dining room, that's what oh, that's meant for. 
Yeah, and if you're but if you're cutting like a half a dozen two by fours to frame up a small wall, yeah, totally. But you bla- if you're blasting out a, a, a eight thousand square foot frame with yeah hip roof and LVLs, like can it do it? Sure. Are you gonna burn the motor out? Maybe. Is it yeah. you know do you, do you need to do you need to use something like that? No. Are you gonna take the Ferrari out four by four in right? Yeah. <laughs> Some guys would. Some guys oh, yeah. would. Absolutely. That's what YouTube's for. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm sure I can uh, reference a few YouTube videos of guys doing that with a Ferrari. Absolutely. But yeah, and one other thing I like about them too is they stay in their lane too, by the way. This Mm -hmm. isn't supposed to be some festival commercial, but they just stay in their lane. They know what they do well. You know, I don't see them making margarita machines or anything crazy. No, and I, and you know, I had the benefit of being out there early, like before they, they were like considering social media at the time mm-hmm. uh, and whether or not they'd have a presence on there, which is funny to think about now, but um, right. You know, that was something that they talked about. Like, you know, we were talking about tools and like what they might come out with and they were like, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to, we're not really going to get into that space. We're not going to compete with that. Um, and it, they just really, like you said, they stay in their lane or, you know, they really just, you know, they know what they're good at and they're, they're focused on that product. Um, and, you know, I, I think things like, they acquired um, SawStop, if I if I yeah. speaking uh, correctly, but that made sense. You know, it's like you know they didn't they didn't do it and said that now we're going to put a SawStop in all our tools. It was just like it made sense for the industry. It's something moving in a really good direction. Why not? Shaper, I think, was similar where they were using the router motor. It's like yep. yeah, that's another that it they, it was within their wheelhouse. Sure, um, but they're not. You know, they weren't then saying all right, we need to you know, create a, a less expensive drill or, or impact driver or whatever. Like it's, no, they were like, no, we're going to make a really nice impact driver. That is more exactly. var- like more, con- you know, very variable, variable control on it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That soft stop technology is, is brilliant stuff. I mean, I think we've all played around with the hot dog. I've, you know, tried Dude, to I, sit there and play with that. It's cool. It is. Uh, so I hit my finger once on it. Really? Um, I did wait, hold on. Now I actually don't rem- remember. And I say that because I know I've hit the, the, I've had the break go off of me, but now I yeah. can't remember if it was a wet piece of wood or from wood me. or what. Yeah. Um, but m- more importantly, I, yeah, I've seen the hot dog videos a million times. I've seen them in person, but I saw a video the other day that surfaced of a guy using his hand. Oh, in a demonstration at a trade show. I'm like, who proved that? Yeah. And no one. And he was just like, watch. And he slid his hand. And, and of course, like the break went off. But it's, I'm like, dude, I, I, all I thought about was uh, years ago, I saw this Volvo commercial when they came out with the automatic braking when, yeah. they, when they saw a pedestrian. And the video was like, the, the guy just hit the gas and someone had shut it off. And the dude like hit the dude, like hit the yeah. guy in front of him. It was like supposed to be this huge demonstration. Yeah. And, and, and it was totally right. And all I thought about when he put his hand, I'm like, dude, all, like, yeah, I mean, it's designed for that. And I, and, and wonderful that you have the confidence, but it's not designed. It's, it's designed. For I'm not betting the, my own hand on yeah, that. Exactly. But yeah. 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 It, 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 it is. I mean, it's regardless if I, if it was my finger or a piece of wet wood, I mean, when it goes off, it's like, damn, that was. That was it lets uh, you know I did yeah. the hot dog thing for TV. We were shooting a TV uh, segment on tools and mm. saw stop rep was there five or six years ago and boom. 
Yeah. Oh my God. It's, I mean, it's loud. It's like, you don't even know what happened. No. You're just like, wait, uh, where's the blade? <laughs> it sounds like a, like a 50 pound piece of steel lands on your deck of your table saw. Yes. Yes. Just and then, and, and, and it goes from being very loud because the, the blade's spinning to just dead quiet. And then everyone yeah. else gets quiet because they're like, what, what the hell was that? Yeah. It's like, oh, just my saw automatically like eating a blade. Eating, yeah, eating itself. <laughs> Works well though. Works yeah, well. Does. Yeah, for sure. You know, how many contractors do we know out there that have missing fingers or cut hands or most? Yeah. yeah. See? Yeah, I yeah, my uh this I'll never forget that. I I was I was building this shed for uh, this family, and I want to say it was like in November because I remember being a little cold. I had a sweatshirt on, had gloves on, and I was cutting the last piece of trim for the shed. And I was pushing, uh, it was a craftsmanship, a craftsman, yeah, not craftsmanship, a craftsman table saw. Okay, uh, old school? Was, a little old school. It was actually a shop one, so it had like the metal base bolted to it, but I yep. used to bring, I used to bring it out to the job site. And so I'm pushing the last piece of trim. It's probably two, two and a half inches, you know, wide, always push it through without a push stick. Like my whole life, like that was just, you know, it was just what I did, but I don't typically wear gloves because I don't typically have gloves on. And the, my glove wasn't super loose, but it was loose enough that it, it caught the index finger in the blade and it pulled my hand like sideways across the blade and it snapped My middle finger knuckle, it cracked that sideways and then it hit my ring finger and it cracked that knuckle sideways. And then the blade, I still have the line on my nail, went up my fingernail and when it hit my knuckle, my recollection is that the blade jammed on my knuckle. Oh, dude. And Your I, knuckle was the new saw stop piece of aluminum. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Not and, good. I, and I reach down and I shut the table saw off and I look, I like look at my hand and my glove had like pulled down a little bit. So sure. When, so it looked like I cut all my fingers off. Yeah. So I'm like, like you know. Yeah, you're, you're F. every word's so coming. Yeah. I throw the glove, which I never found after that, which was super weird. But I take the glove off and I throw it, and I'm like, oh my god, okay, I think I'm okay. And this is how I'm reacting in the moment. I'm like, all right, I'm good. This hurts, but I'm gonna tape it up. So I go to my trailer. I'm looking for electrical tape, of course. Right? Yep. Blue tape, and, electrical tape is yeah. better than blue tape. Yep. And can't find any. So. I find tape dope <laughs> oh. and I'm like, all right, this should work. So I wrap up my fingers with tape dope and it's like, no, like blood's like just pouring out of my fingers. Yeah, at you this can't point. fix it. And no one's home at the house. And so I, I'm like, all right, I don't know what to do here. I'm like, I, I, I need someone to help me bandage my hand. So I call the non-emergency line and yep. I'm like, Hey, I don't, this is an emergency. And they're like, okay, what's going on? I'm like, I'm at such and such address. I cut my hand on the table saw. I, I just don't have any bandages and I'm bleeding pretty bad. And I just want, I, I just need someone to help me come bandage my hand because no one's home and I don't want to, I can't drive because there's blood spraying on my finger. Yeah. And they're like, okay, no problem. And so I'm sitting there I'm, and then I call my brother. I'm like, Hey, what are you up to? Uh, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I call one of my friends. I'm like, Hey, what are you up to? Yeah. And he's like, He's like, oh, I'm out riding four wheelers. I'm like, all right, never mind. He goes, why? I'm like, oh, I just needed help with something, but enjoy. I'll talk to you later. Yeah. 
And then, and later on, dude, you're I someone's told, like me. This is scary, dude. Later on, I told him. He goes, dude, I would have got in my truck. I'm like, no, nah, no, don't worry about it. So I call my brother, and I'm like, and I tell him, I'm like, hey, this is what's going on. I just need you to come. Oh, I'm sorry. No, this I haven't talked. I waited for the fire engine. So I'm yeah. like looking for the glove. Can't find the glove. I hear the fire engine coming. I'm like, oh my god, they have the sirens on. Like, yeah, they're coming full blown. Yeah, right before they pull in the driveway, the homeowner comes home. Of course. And she's like, what's going on? I'm like, oh, I just cut my hand. Everything's okay. And she's like, are you sure? I'm like, totally fine. So the EMTs come over. They're like, what's going on? And they look at my hand. And she, uh, the EMT looks at me and she goes, hey, you're in shock right now. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm good. She goes, no, no, let me just explain something to you. You're in shock, so you don't feel pain. This is a real, this is bad. And I was yeah. like, okay. She goes, you need to come with me. I'm like, no, no, no. She's like, you're, you, ha- you have two options. You either need to drive yourself to the hospital or you get in the ambulance. And I would recommend you get in the ambulance because in about six minutes, you're about to feel pain that you've never felt before. So I fought with her, eventually got yeah. in the, the ambulance and I call, so I call my, uh, I call my mother at the time, but I called my brother to, I was like, Hey, I just need to go. I need you to get a ride and pick up all my tools. I couldn't pick them up. Sure. Yeah. You and and, and can you put them all in the back of my truck and just bring my truck home? Um, to which he texted me later, like, Hey, do you have gas? Cause your fuel gauge doesn't work. I'm like, uh, I have no idea. And he goes, great. Yeah. Well, I'm not getting gas cause I don't have any money. So hopefully I make it home. But <laughs> so I'm in the ambulance and there, and she's like, Hey, I need to take your sweatshirt off. I'm like, I'll, I'll take it off. And she goes, I'm going to cut it off. I'm like, and I was like no! beside myself. I was like, no, this is my favorite work sweatshirt. And she's like Dude. getting the scissors and she's like cutting my sweatshirt off. And then all of a sudden pain. Yep. And I went into like crazy pain i get to the hospital i'm like i was at i i was in so so much pain and they gave me i mean they gave me um a ton of drugs like pain meds and anti-anxiety because i was losing my mind i was oh yeah and and they were like okay you know you have a like you're not this isn't taking very well um and the next thing i know i wake up and i'm you know bandaged up bandaged up and um, they never healed correctly. I think they did a bad job splinting them, but yep. yeah, I mean, I can't like, I can't get them to fully extend straight. Oh yeah. So they drew, um, yep. but I like that is fine. And that's yeah. good. That's yeah. good. Yeah. So there's my story. <laughs> oh man. I'm not even going to tell mine on here cause mine's brutal, but I'll tell you after the show. All right. But yeah, it's brutal, but we all have those. We yeah. all have those. The only other time I really got hurt the least that I can remember is I was building a dog house and I was holding the wall with my knee mm-hmm. and I use, I, I frame, I was using a framing gun and I oh. went, went to, to uh, nail the top plate on top of this little 18 inch stud for the yeah. dog house. And the thing hit a knot came out and went right into the side of my knee and it didn't hit a oh. bone or anything, but I had, I had to lift the dog house up and like, oh. off, like off my leg Ouch. Uh, because it like, you know, shot me down to the ground yeah. essentially. But Oh, toenailing into the side of your knee. Nice. Mm, Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, it's uh, uh, to think about, you know, what year it was then and like how technology that's uh, let's go back to tech for a second. That's one of the benefits of tech is that it's uh, it is evolving very quickly and you're seeing major advancements. It's unfortunate that it's littered with a lot of BS, which but anything. Right. And, you know, and my thought on that, right, is everyone, you know, there's a lot of talk about how you know, like just media and influence on media and, and social media and stuff like that 
is is negative it's like no the the reason it's so negative is that it, it, it's always existed at this level and, yes. and 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 i'm relating it to like having bad product the reason there's always been bad product there's not more of it you just are more aware of it now because yeah, it's, it's very easier easy. to find that information exactly so 100 percent, and you know it's 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 crazy and and i and i talk about on the show this a lot is you know there's there's bad products out there there's i mean you and i can both walk into home depot and lowe's and if somebody said okay i'm gonna give you 500 bucks go bring me 10 items that don't meet building code mm. we can all go walk around the store and go one of those one of those one of those yep but they still sell them mm-hmm and that's the challenge, I think, for builders and homeowners out there is that just because it's sold out there doesn't mean it should be used. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing with the car industry too, right? Like, you know, someone yeah. will sell you a, you know, a cool exhaust system that deletes the muffler and the, D, the, the, the DPF on a diesel, but, you know, it's for off-road use only. Yeah, uh, same I thing. Mean, I mean, Massachusetts, like we have a strict plumbing code and it's, you know, if it's not on the approved um, fixture list, it's illegal. And there's these bottle traps that, you know, are super common to be spec'd. Every job will spec yep. them. And my plumber's like, I can't use that. It's not mass compliant. And it's it's silly. But they'll like every every yard will, I mean, every uh, plumbing supply house will sell it. Yeah. Because it's, it's, a, it's a good looking product. And then it's, you know, it's the same, like arc fault breakers, you know? Oh, jeez. Like, yeah. It's, you know, they're, they're an absolute nightmare because it's like, dude, they keep tripping. Like you're a bad builder. Your electrician sucks. It's like, no, the code requires us to put these in. It's like, well, I want them out. It's like, then you need to sign something that you say that you're okay w- with being liable for us not, you know, abiding by the code. Yeah. And, and, and we, and yeah, there's clients that will pay to have us come back and take them out and swap them. And the hard part is, is, you know, due to all the crazy lawyers out there, does that form even protect you? Right. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. that's the tough part. Right. Yeah. It's like the fire that, you know, whatever, like the panel catches fire. It's like, has nothing to do with the breaker. It's like, well, you didn't have the right breakers in there. So, you know what I mean? It's, it's like, it's such yeah, a but, catch those, 22. but those breakers have been around for like 40 years. So yeah. pretty sure they're okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, it's a great example. It's like how many people want to put that chandelier over the bathtub? Everyone. But Every, yeah. everybody wants to do it. But it's in my Pinterest picture. Yeah. It's like it doesn't you mean know, electrical code. Yeah. The, the inspector walks in. It's like, oh, nice blank plate above your bathtub. Right. Oh, dude. It's like, yeah. I know I had a uh, splice I had to bury. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I hope it's anchored to an LVL up there when you hang your chandelier from it. It's like, uh, accurate. <laughs> accurate. Yeah. It's it, every inspector sees that plate yeah. up there and just shakes their head and walks off going, I know yeah. exactly what's going to happen here. Yeah. But yeah, it's a, tr- I mean, I get it and I, I understand why, you know, these codes are in place. I mean, it's, it's yeah. funny. I, I was having this conversation last night about, um, pregnancy. We, I have three kids and my, we're, we're going to have a fourth kid. Oh, um, congrats. Thanks. And uh, my wife is going to kill me because I've mentioned that now on three podcasts and she's like, we never tell anyone. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm telling like 30,000 people at once. Yeah. Um, but, but point being is like, there's all these rules about pregnancy and it's like, you can't eat this. You can't eat that. You can't, you can't drink. It's like, no, you can drink. You just can't be an alcoholic. 
Yeah. Like you, you, you can, can have, have that glass of wine. Yeah. However, comma, you're not supposed to have the, the two magnums at one time. Exactly. And, and this is in, and I relate it to like how building code and, and, you know, and products are, are, you know, uh, controlled. It's like, well, they have to plan for the person that goes way beyond what their intent is. It's like, Hey, yeah, you can do that, but don't, don't, you know, don't avoid like best practice because of it. Yeah. I think about like the charcoal filters, right? Like on plumbing stacks, we're not allowed to use them in mass. Okay. And in some states you can, yeah. and sometimes and some, I've seen them when they put the charcoal filter underneath a, a, an island cabinet, we're not allowed to do that. We have to bow vent it. And, yep. but you know, but the charcoal filter would work and it, it, it would actually work quite well. But the problem is, is like they decide that they're not allowed because then they just don't even vent the thing to the roof. Like, Oh, I'll just put a charcoal filter on it and call it good. It's like, no, no, no. That is the reason they are not allowed is because you're taking advantage of it. Absolutely. It's, yeah. you know, and, and I think that, you know, even tool companies, right? Like, you know, going back to table saws, it's yeah. like, Hey, you have to have the guard on your blade. It's like, sure. I'll have the guard on my blade, you know, on my, my contractor version table saw out in the field when I'm ripping a 45 on a two by four, I'll make sure my guard is on my blade. Negative. Yeah, my guard is on this great tool bench. It's down below sitting there Yeah, and it's been there for two years. Right. Like it's just I'm not sorry guys. That's and it's just being honest. And, and you know, we actually just hired um, a safety officer for our, our company because we were yeah. like, all right, let's get legit. You know, we're getting bigger, faster. And I want to be, I want, I want my guys to be safe. I want my, my subs to be safe. My, my partners to be safe. I want everyone to be safe. And, and, but there's times where it's like, well, what, ha- like, what if you don't have a place to tie off? And yeah. it's, it's like, well, you actually don't need to tie off in that scenario. And it's like, well, yeah. I didn't know that. And it's like, you, you know, there's, if, if you're creating more danger for yourself there, like you just have to have a plan in place. Like, what is your plan? Like if you're, if you're going to do something, what, like, how are, how are you taking the best measures to prevent an accident? Yeah. And it's, and again, it's like, yeah, you know, they want you to have the table saw guard on at all times, but there's a lot of times where if that, that guy, that guard is on, you actually run the risk of, you know, creating a more dangerous environment. Yeah. Yeah, there so, are times that, that 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 guard gets in the way and causes more headaches than if it sure. wasn't sitting there, or creates bind and the and the, the piece kicks back. I mean, yeah, you know, the, and listen, I I'm watching all of these manufacturers like design better and better guards, and it, and I think that it's super smart, and they have to because the the use of, the the use of those guards is is probably small, like very very small, and they're just looking to go from like one percent usage to two percent. And like, just yeah. make an improvement, like get more people to use them, figure out how to make it safer. And it's like, and of course, like you can add, like saw stops, a great example, like, all right, well, without the guard on it, like we have this in place to prevent an accident. It's like, great. There's, there's a way to counteract the the difficulties of having a guard is having yeah. some sort of other plan to prevent accident. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, in, in our field here, it's that it's the extension ladders the roofs the the yeah. table saws the air nailers that's that's where the problems arise yeah and that's i mean and that's where like like i said we, when we hired the safety officer i'm like there's times i'm not sure what the rule is it's like you know these guys are up in a man basket on a lull like do they like what's the rule for being tied off are they tied off to the basket 
yeah. or they tied off to the house. You know, and it's like scissor lifts. Like you actually don't want to tie off in those apparently. Yeah. And it's like, or, or you do when there's like this in place. So having, having someone, you know, uh, on retainer is, has been helpful where it's like, when we get into a new situation, he comes out, he does an inspection with us. And then he walks through like, Hey, these are the, these are what we need to address. And this is how I would address it. And having a plan going into place. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, again, it's, you know, it's a small investment for, you know, hopefully a better future for everyone that's involved in our project. Yeah. Absolutely. Hey, I wanted to ask you, Nick, uh, trades, man, we, we still have this trade shortage and it seems like it's getting worse, not better. Mm-hmm. What's your predictions out there? I, I ask everybody that comes on in, in our fields here that, uh, what do you see out there with the new kids coming into the trades? I mean, there's such a great opportunity out there for men and women. I have a lot of feelings on this. Um, number one, I think that there was this huge push to make the trades more attractive and like create awareness like five years ago. And I think that we did that. Um, and I think there's an, a massive amount of interest in the trades. Um, but coincidentally, during the time of creating all this awareness, we ripped out the education. Yep. We, you know, my, my tech school, you know, I was talking to one of the teachers that uh, teaches there because we actually brought in one of the students as an intern. I was like, yeah, dude, like, he's like, Hey, do you have, I'm like, send me any kid that you think is worthy of being in the trades, send him my way. I'll, I'll, I'll find, find something for him to do. Yeah. Um, but I was chatting with him. I'm like, Oh, do, is cabinet making still there? And he's like, no, they, they actually combined with house carpentry. I'm like, that's two, different, <sighs> two different trades. Yeah, I'm like, it, is metal, is machine shop still there? He's like, no, that's kind of combined with welding. I'm like, also two different, two different trades. Yeah. And he's, and I'm like, what about auto body? He's like that combined with mechanics. I'm like, all right, this is okay, getting nobody's out of thinking this yeah. out. Yeah. Like what you guys, you know, bec- and it's because, you know, th- I, don't, I actually, I, I shouldn't say it's because, because I don't, I, I don't know the root, the real cause of it. You know, there's, there's talk that it's money, that it's this, that it's that, that no one wants to be in it. But then it's like, you hear all these kids that do want to be in it. Yeah. Um, so you asked my, my, what my predictions are. I think that, I think my prediction is that labor is going to continue to become more expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that's going to do is it's going to continue to force innovation and, and alternative ways to build. I think that offsite construction is going to uh, continue to grow. I think, yes. uh, I think factory built homes is, is something that is where, you know, uh, dare I say, just scratching the surface on. Hundred percent agree. Hundred percent agree. I think that you know we are going to be required to be more efficient with material and labor. Um, I think that's going to put a huge strain on people that have been in this industry for more than a decade because they quote unquote have been doing this for more than ten years and they have their ways of doing it. And I think that's going to be very difficult for that 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 group of people. Yep. Um, I think that you're going to see people that weren't necessarily looking to get into uh, construction, get into construction because of the tech backbone of it, um, such as automation and factories and, and BIM and, and, and CAD and things like that. Uh, and modeling and solid works, all that stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, software. Um, and I think that we will be required to have a better outlook 
and path for people that do want to be in the trade. And, and I say that knowing that I'm working, I'm, I'm struggling to work on that for my own company in the sense like I want a very clear path for my people yeah. where you come in and you are, you are zero, like a zero, meaning like you have no experience. This is what, this is what we can offer you at that level. And if you want to get to a one, a two or three, all the way up to say 10, here are the things that are, are required of you. Here are the, 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 the milestones that you need to hit. Here's the extracurricular, you know, training that you need to take part of. Here's the things that you need to be able to do, you know, proficiently. And that I think being a, being able to communicate that and share that with someone will help counteract the the desire to constantly jump ship and move to different companies, which yeah. means that people will find a, a a place for their career and their future in a way that they have more control over. No and, and, and with like, with that being said, I think that having the self-guided control is really important where it's like, yeah. you think about like the people that work from home and get to create their own schedule. Like we don't, the guys in the trades don't get to do that. They don't get to work no. from home. They, they are very much on a schedule. Like, you know, I get that the 40 hour work week came from the assembly line, but that has been adapted. That is the norm. We don't technically typically work on weekends. Some guys do. Some guys work seven days a week, but yeah. there is this, this understanding that you in construction, you work between particular hours, you know, like the, the, and then everything beyond that is overtime, right? Which is yeah. extra. But point, my point is, is that there's less flexibility as to when you work, where I think that's going to continue to push the, the, the pressure on us as business owners and, and leaders to, okay, if that's like, that's something that they can't control, they need to be in control of their career, of their earnings. Yep. And whether that's, you know, their, their, their annual pay increase, whether that's a bonus structure, whether that's a career map, you know, in order to retain people, not only within your company, but in the construction industry as a whole, people are like, people are going to individually want to understand how they get to their goal of six figures a year or beyond. Yeah. I think it's going to be very interesting for, you know, the entry level to mid-level home out there, how I think that we are just coming over that hill of the factory built home, mm. that that's really going to be where those developments can be built so much more efficiently with better yeah. yields out of all the materials, yeah. safer working environments. Cause you're not up there at 32 degrees right. with a torch, taking the ice off the roof to, to put ice and water shield down. You know? I know. Yeah. I mean, it's a, a great, great point about the safety, right? Where it's, you know, the, the ability to not only build it off site for the the yield on materials and but and then the controlled environments but it's also yeah. the safety of the guys and you know an efficiency of guys where you know the other the other side of this is that yeah we do want more people in the trades but we're not going to be able to replenish the people that are leaving the trades at the same rate and we might never replenish that amount of people so yeah. you know while while we want to continue to 
um, attract people to be in the trade, we also have to understand that we need to innovate in a way that re- requires less people to to do this work. And there's a big argument there where it's like, we shouldn't be fo- so focused on getting rid of the quote unquote craftsmanship. We should be focused on getting people interested in it. It's like, that's a fair point. Yeah. But you are never going to have the same amount of people in this because that's just not the world we live in anymore. Everything is being automated. Everything is being technologically advanced. And we need to we, we need to encourage and support that. So the more you work against that, the further and further you'll end up being behind everyone else. So true. So true. You know, it's, it's interesting out there. And I think that it's going to create healthier homes as well because we're not having to take our homes and put them in you know, in the conditions that they are in with rain and weather and, yeah. and things like that as well. I mean, there's, there's going to be a lot of pluses and minus with it. Is it going to, is that 40,000 square foot home going to be a modular home? Probably not. No, but there will be parts of it that are. Yeah. Like I think about, you know, so, um, Encore casinos built a place in Boston and my wife and I stayed there one, uh, one night. And I walked in the hotel room and she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I just need it. Like, this place is amazing. Yeah. She's like, what are you talking about? I'm like the detail, like the door casing, like, and she's like, and, and I'm like, and this thing was built in like 18 months, like this massive hotel. Yeah. And so I really started like looking at things and like, like I I was just obsessing over it. Well, that's how we do it. We walk into buildings and do that. Totally. But what I realized is I'm like, they're like, well, how, how do you think they, they got all this casing to be so tight? I'm like, this was all made in a factory. Sprayed. Yeah. It was totally painted. And they figured out how to pre-build everything on a, a shop bench and, and fabricate it in a way that could be brought on site and installed in 20 seconds. Yep. And it looks dynamite. It looks like someone, someone sat there and sanded and made that thing perfect and sprayed it and, you know, and, and then protected it all the way through construction. It's like, no BS, dude. Like that stuff. Especially was, on a commercial job site. That's yeah. usually where you see the lowest quality craftsmanship, not the highest. Exactly. And it's like, and, and to think that, you know, this is what, this is how we can, we could build that 40,000 square foot house yeah, is that you point. think about okay, maybe that thing doesn't show up in on, on trailers and goes to get together like a Lego set. Yeah. But maybe it comes panelized. Maybe it's built in a factory in panels and maybe the roof is pre-cut and they can fabricate it while they're standing walls up and then they crane it over and maybe all the interior doors are already pre-done and pre-made. Pre-cased and on one side. And- pre-cased, like... And yeah, okay, you immediately think, oh, yeah, but pre-cased, like that's the, the, the crap you see at Home Depot. It's like, you know, well. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Like it could be at a higher quality just because yeah. you're, you're, I'm not talking about a $110 door. I'm talking about a a, a, a $5,000 pre-hung door. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, you know, and it's, and it's done at a level that, you know, can be done, can be uh, at a very high quality. Yeah. You and I could sit here in 20 minutes and figure out how that could be done. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, we are so in this industry, we're so reactive. So we're always like facing the, 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 the problem that's right in front of us where, you know, well, we need to be thinking about bigger picture. We need to be thinking about, you know, how do we do something faster? And I'm going to use this example. I've been using it a lot, but it's, you know, this whole hurricane down in Florida, you know, mm-hmm. disconnected the bridge from um, Naples to Sanibel Island. Great that, example. 
dude, this, this bridge would have taken months to typically repair. Army Corps came in, fixed it in seven days. Yeah. And, the, and the article went on to say, it's like, actually, I don't even know. I, I think someone referenced it on LinkedIn, but it was, well, how could they have done it in seven days? Because they wanted to. Yeah, you, they didn't like, go get a bunch of weird environmental permits. They came in with dump trucks and said, we need to put a bunch of rock right here. We need to fill this in. We need to build a retaining wall and we're just going to make this thing work. But, but absolutely accurate. But beyond that, it was the fact that they wanted to get it done in seven days. Yep. And when you want to get something like you want to build that, that hotel in 18 months, you can do it. And when my, when I, when I challenge my team where it's like, Hey, I don't want to build this house in 20 months. We told the client 18, we're doing it in 18. And they're like, we, there's just no way to do it. I'm like, that's not true. It is not true. hundred percent. And you, I, and t- you can't sit here and tell me that we can't build this house in 18 months. You have to come to me. If you came to me and said, Hey, I'll build this house in 18 months, but it's going to cost you another 50 grand because I need to, you know, pay, pay, you know, X amount of more people to show up, right? Fees, labor, like, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Then, may, then we address whether the fifty thousand dollars is a worthy investment or not. Don't say like it, it's always doable. We could build that. You, I'm going to use a terrible example, but you you could build that house in a couple of weeks, just like they did on. Uh, I the, know you're going there. The extreme, extreme home makeover. Home makeover move and that listen, bus. and listen, yeah. And I mean, listen. I know that there was problems with those homes, but the point is. The point is, there's a way to do it. Yeah. Whether it's right or wrong is it, we can determine that once we figure out like how do we get to that end result. Yeah. And if it and, it, and for us it's quality first, and then price and, and schedule are, are are organized in the second and third spot. So if it's quality and schedule, so price is going to be you know hugely inflated in order to deliver on that, right? Yeah. And, you know, and, but if we get to a point where it's like, all right, well schedule, like we can't continue to like compress that because we just physically don't like, there's no possible way to compress it anymore. We have a thousand people on the job site and now everyone's working inefficiently. Okay. Yeah. Well that, that, that doesn't make sense. What does, could we fabricate the house and offsite and then bring it on, you know, in a helicopter and drop it in place and it costs $7 million to helicopter. Okay. Does it make sense? No. Okay. That's off the table. But the point is, is like you, like that's where I find most of my time is spent now is like challenging the way we do things. And and when it's, you can't do that. Okay. Why not? Walk me through that. Why can't you do that? Because in my opinion, like you could, and we talk about this in the cabinet shop too. It's like, you know, I'll say, Oh, why don't we, you know, do this, that, that, and the other thing. And they're like, can't do that. I'm like, well, what if, you know, what if you had a piece of hardware that did this and like the door swung that way and then it did this and they're like, yeah, but that hardware doesn't exist. I'm like, so could, you think we could make it? Well, I mean, I'm like, exactly. I'm not saying that it's the right answer. I'm saying it needs to be thought about. And when we go turn around and yeah. ask someone like, Hey, can you make this hardware for us? And it's $10,000. It's like, all right, well, maybe it doesn't make sense for this one project, but is that a product that we can then go sell? Can we yeah. make, can we make a hundred thousand units and sell? Yeah. Like it's, you know, and this is, you know, this is where I get really excited and why I like the position I'm in with my, my teams now is that I'm the one that constantly is like, walk, I, I you got to prove that you can't do this because like I get that there's some, if it's money, okay, how much money? 
you know? Yeah, I had that on a project. I had, jeez, uh, this was 15 years ago. It was Bill Gates' father's house. Now, we went in. It was a trust. And, I mean, this was probably the craziest job site measure. I walked in with the with the remodeler, and I'm the cabinet guy. Mm. We walk in. There's armed guards. They have dogs smelling my car. I mean, they're mirrors under the car like I'm at the embassy. Oh, my God. You know, literally measuring out this kitchen with four guys in AR-15s and tactical vests. What? You know, <laughs> oh, yeah. So we're measuring this up and the, in the, in the guy out there goes, all right, we have a month to do this kitchen remodel and it's a big kitchen. Mm. And I'm like, all right, man, um, are you going to give us some time to spool up or is this like starting tomorrow? What's, you know, what's, what's, when's this, what's the start date on the goes, Oh, start date will be in a month. So mm. in 60 days from today, this kitchen have to be done. So yeah. I get the measurements, get the drawings, go back and head over to the CEO of the cabinet company. And I said, same kind of thing. All right, man, here's the cabinet package. I need this done in three weeks. He's like, we have an eight week lead time. I said, that's not the question I asked. Yeah, right. What's it going to cost to get right. this done in three weeks? Well, it's always throw well, a price at it. Well, well, you know, I'd have to call this guy and see if I can delay his kitchen. Then call him. Well, what's how many guys want to work late? So they have money for the holidays. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. What's it going to cost to, you know, overtime, yeah. 10 hours, everybody. Right. Yeah. No, and I mean, it's, it can it, be done a hundred percent. And then, and that, you know, going back to like something we talked about earlier is this is where we, we need to think differently. We need to be more creative with the constraints that were, that, that are put on us in construction. You know, I, I truthfully as a builder want to get to a point where I can look at a client and guarantee my pro my, my budget and guarantee my schedule. And, yeah. you know, and I say that year after year and I've never been able to do it and it's incredibly frustrating and, you know, and I'm not sure what your listener base is, but I'm sure a bunch of people just scoffed at me like, yeah, sure, man. Like no one's ever <laughs> going to guarantee that, but I do, that is the goal. And I don't yeah. want to, I don't want to guarantee it because I fluffed the number. I want to guarantee it because I know that we can, we can execute at a high level. Yes. Like, I mean, like, you know, like military. Like yeah. we come in, we have a process, we follow the process. We, we, and that, and that takes, you know, from day zero to day 700. I mean, it's going to be every step of the way, you know, has been figured out and we know where our, our, the holes are, and we're going to work as a team to make sure those holes get filled. Amen, brother, man. Mm -hmm. Where is this hour gone, man? Bro. I don't know. These goes these, quick, doesn't it? These podcast. Yeah. It's like every time I'm like, man. There it if goes. I, if I did a podcast every day, I would just, you know, I, 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 I talk all day. Like yeah. I would, you and me you both. Know. You and me both. What so, do we not hit on today, brother? Anything else you want to say? I don't know, man. I, I'm just, no, I think I, I think I actually got out a lot of what's on my mind. Um, nice. I'm excited about 23, you know, obviously we got the building company, material millwork, our millwork company. Um, super excited about just the opportunity to expand that. Um, Motif Media, who has been producing all of our content from video, uh, as well as our uh, the Modern Craftsman podcast, yep. uh, and of course the podcast. I mean, it, it's been this labor of love for five or six years now, and you know we are getting to a point where we're restructuring a little bit uh, yeah, and getting excited. Yeah, and getting excited about you know what we can do with it in the future, and really position ourselves to to help the industry. And that is at the end of the day, what I hope, uh, my professional legacy leaves. 
So where do people find this podcast, Nick? Uh, on any podcast platform. So Modern Craftsman, um, you type that in on any platform. Um, we're, we are actually launched on YouTube. Okay. Uh, so we're going to be sharing all of our, all of them on YouTube and yeah, any, any, any podcast platform. Thanks for coming on today, brother. This is great. Yeah. We'll do it again. Yeah, man. I appreciate you. All right. Nick Schiffer, NS Builders. Thanks for coming on today, brother. This is great. You're listening to Around the House. Eric G from around the house. Are you planning a decking or siding project this year? If you are, you've got to check out my friends at Millboard. Millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction. Hand molded from the finest oak, it realistically mimics the natural grain and color of premium hardwood. If you're looking for something that doesn't look like plastic and instead real wood, check out millboard.com. Make sure and check out that interview we did just a few weeks back. That's millboard.com.